Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Hello, I'm joined today by my guest, Sean Hemming Metcalf from, well, I normally introduce you as being from Inventory Base, but today um, you are one of the candidates for president-elect at uh, Arna Property Mark. So congratulations for for being one of those candidates, Sean. Um, obviously, we, we know each other from work, um, day-to-day life. So just in, you know, in order to give the viewers at home a little bit of background, what I found most interesting about you was what came out in a conversation that we had around International Women's Day, where we were all talking about, all us girls were talking together about where we'd, where we'd come from and what our first jobs have been. And your first job was very, very different to, to what it is today. And I think it's an interesting story because it's brought certain qualities through. Um, so introduce yourself to the folks at home. And, but more importantly, if you could tell us a, just a little bit about how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, obviously I'm Sean. Um, I run my own inventory business, but I also work with inventory base uh, training clerks and agents and um, do, throughout the industry. And I've been in this particular part of the industry, this sector of supplier status, as it were, for around about 10 years. But previous to that, I actually worked with the prison service for 21 years. And I worked my way up from an office clerk, you know, filing reports and, you know, fetching things all the way up to a governor grade. So I went all the way through the uniforms and, and worked my up. I, I did my craft as some people put it, you know, I did my time on the landings. I think I spent about 10 years before I started going up the ranks through the uniform ranks before I got to governor grade. Um, um, 21 years, um, brilliant um, whilst I was doing it, really enjoyed it, learned a huge amount about people, about life, um, about how to manage people, how to manage situations, as you can imagine. But I also learned a lot in regards to evidence collation. I worked with the HMRC. Um, I worked with Her Majesty's Inspectorate. I worked with the courts. Um, and I dealt with a lot with litigation as well. So my background in that kind of arena really has helped me in what I'm doing now in supply status in regards to compiling reports, doing risk assessments. Um, but the reason I actually started doing that is because I was a landlord, had a really bad experience with an agent over an inventory report that didn't protect me, lost a lot of money, thought, oh, I can do this better. So when I started my business, I've, I've based it around what I understand as evidence. And that is a little bit more than maybe what most people would consider purely because that's you know, where my experience lies. I understand yeah. that I've been in a court of law. I've been in front of a judge having to explain not just a couple of hundred pounds or a thousand pounds, but millions of pounds worth of you know, litigated um, issues and costs, etc. So I kind of employed that information in my business, utilize that, uh, that experience to kind of build my uh, business as a supplier to the industry so I work with agents I work with estate agents work with letting agents and have done over said for the past 10 years and um, just gradually built my business up organically learning along the way learning about the industry 
all its nuances and just getting to real grips about the legislation. So hopefully now I've got a really good understanding of exactly how the industry works and also what it needs from us as suppliers. And it's interesting because that that first kind of job, I mean, maybe it's a stereotype, but you would assume it needs a certain kind of toughness, but both mm -hmm. physical toughness, but also mental toughness. Because let's face it, sometimes those are the, some of the most hostile environments you can ever expect to be in. Um, but you learn a thing or two about human behavior and how to handle people along the way. Uh, is that just all stereotype or, or, or is that what you carry with you to this day? Um, you know, when I first started, I wouldn't see boo to a goose. I'd go, well, I'm a red face now, but that's just life <laughs> at age. Um, but, you know, I would, I, I would struggle when, you know, if I come, you know, across a person who's maybe been aggressive um, and didn't know how to handle them. But I learned that. I learned how to deal with those types of people, those types of issues. But what I also learned is that just because someone's angry doesn't necessarily mean they're angry at you. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're um, at, uh, you know, trying to be aggressive for aggressive sake, you know, there could be underlying problems. So I look at things differently now. And I think that really does help me when it comes to dealing with um, clerks, dealing with staff, dealing with agents, dealing with tenants and landlords, because sometimes emotions run high. And it's not always the case of what it looks like on the outside as to what actually the issues are behind it all. And sometimes, you know, having this experience really does help de-escalate it, you know, get people to kind of calm down slightly, um, which I never actually tell them to calm down because it's the worst word ever because people then don't tend to go the op exact opposite <laughs> yeah. way. But I, I learned how to manage that and uh, manage, you know, big groups of people. At one point I was, you know, looking after a 1,600-bed prison with, you know, anything up to five to 600 staff. So you've got to learn that everybody is different. You've got to be able to treat them differently, understand them and be able to manage them. This is a lady that's been in tenant management one way or another for a long, long time now. Um, yeah. Sean, I, obviously, I know the way that you're sort of you run your business and the expertise that you have um, from the inventory clerk side of things. And, and one of the sort of subjects that we don't talk about enough is the divide sometimes in our industry between agents and suppliers and in my opinion in my opinion only as agents we're sometimes guilty of putting ourselves on a pedestal and thinking that we're the only ones that are setting the industry standards we're the only ones that are promoting good practice we're the only ones capable of truly taking our industry in the public eye to be where it, it needs to be and i i've learned that kerfuffle over the over the past couple of years having great conversations with a lot of suppliers that you care as passionately if not more passionately than we do and you are part of that conversation and you're part of that effort and I feel sorry for you guys because we sometimes treat you as second-class citizens as a commodity as somebody who's just trying to get our hard-earned buck um <laughs> and it's not that way. The help and the assistance, we're, we're all building an industry together. But why is it that some people feel incapable of making that leap? And why haven't we made more of an effort previously to kind of join it up? 
Oh, I mean, that that's a really big question. I mean, I think a lot of it is down to just the fact that everybody's busy doing their own thing and want to get, get the, the sale through, the lettings through. Um, and in a way, suppliers are just facilitating that process. And it's never been really seen anything more than that. Certainly in my experience. I mean, I remember one of my first ever agents walking into, having a conversation, you know, very pleasant. You know, these are my services. This is what I want to do when I first started out. And as I walked out, I watched my business card put into the bin. They didn't even wait till I got out the door before wow. they did that you know and it left a lasting impression thinking this can't be right you know this is not how I envisaged me building this business um and I don't necessarily think that they were dismissed by agents or, or um other even other suppliers to be honest with you um I think it's just the fact that it said they're, they're focusing on what they need to do their sales funnel their pipelines um, and it's just a case of just trying to get all the, the different components together through the process. But when you look at it, every single part of the lettings, the estate agent process will require a supplier in some form or another all the way through. Be that an infantry professional, be that an electrician, be that a cleaner, be that um, the use of a CRM, a tenant referencing. So the, the suppliers all the way through that process lettings or tenancy um so sorry lettings or sales um but it's how like you said it's looked at and i think sometimes uh people don't realize or i just don't realize the fact that those suppliers come with a huge amount of knowledge a huge amount of experience yeah. and like you said they're there because they care they want to do a really good job because that's how they're rated that's how they're seen you know if you do a bad job you're not going to be there tomorrow but if you do a good job you will be there tomorrow but then there's always a feeling that you know you've always got to please you've always got to do it right you've always got to agree you've always got to um, make sure that you know you're doing everything for the client but sometimes it doesn't always come back and that's not necessarily the same for every single client I've got brilliant clients I'm you know I I, I um, class myself as very lucky I've built some really good relationships with them over the years they understand me I understand them and I'm not afraid to tell them if I don't think they're doing something right not because I'm the font of all knowledge because I'm not I'm learning and I think I learn every single day yeah but there are things that I do know that I especially when it comes to legislation when it comes to things around safety. So, you know, if I think something's not being done right, I think it could be improved, then I will tell them, I'll let them know. They can choose to take my advice or not. And that's that's a, the benefit of having advice. You can take it or leave it. You know, it's not a, a, an edict to do something or do it your way, but at least it gets put into the mix in regards to considerations and how things are done going forward. And I think suppliers in general, do that a lot but sometimes they don't even get recognized or it's not kind of like seen it's just someone telling you something and you might then think about it later on or you might do something about it later on but if you actually listen to these suppliers because they're doing the job in day in day out we've all got our own kind of like forms of legislation we have to deal with in regards to gas safety uh electricians you've got to be qualified not so much on the supply infantry supplier side but we're trying to change that i mean saying i you know, want to see is you know better control over that better standards better training um and also more recognized qualifications so that again when you're hiring someone you know what you're hiring and you know that you're going to get a good quality surface uh, sorry service all based on the fact that you know this person is a qualified professional and that's what they are at the end of the day yeah. Um, yeah. and i think if they can be seen that way and talked to and worked with as opposed to just seen as a maybe 
bit of a commodity, something you've got to have, but you know, you, or you've got to pay for a bit like you said, um, that, you know, the, the amount of benefit an agent or letting um, agent will get out of it is, is actually, you know, vast because everybody's got experiences, you know, my experience, but do you know the experience of your cleaner? They might not have always been a cleaner. You know, I know cleaners who are ex-policemen. I know cleaners who are ex-border force officers but they've chosen a different pathway They're running a different business for whatever you know reasons they have, but they've got this wealth of experience, but no one's actually asked them. No one's spent the time to actually get to know them. I once had a psychologist who used to be an HR, HMRC inspector. Um, so, you know, you, you can do different things and you can you segue, can. but I, and, I, and I do think that people's backgrounds one way or another um, and their ex life experiences are part of that kit bag that they have to draw on and to employ and deploy, you know, throughout their professional career and their life in terms of what they give themselves to, and what they stand for. So I, I think there is a bit of importance to that, which is why when we're talking to the property mark candidates, what we'd like to do is sort of get to know a little bit about where, where they've come from. But given that conversation about sort of suppliers and agents um, and, and the way that that's perhaps changing now, and I do see that changing more because we are, we are talking more um, to, to give a bit of a shout out to somebody that we spoke about off camera, but um, Katie um, Griffith and Martin Baum, who run a fantastic podcast every Thursday morning, I think at 8.35 House of Property, um, is, it's a great podcast, but what I love is that every now and again, uh, Katie in her own inimitable style will will um, make some suggestions. And when Katie makes the suggestions, they're not really suggestions, they're orders you must follow because <laughs> you know they're good. It's good tips. Um, but one of the tips that she, she touched on a while ago is that, you know, we take some time to thank our customers. We take time to thank our colleagues. Do we spend time to thank our suppliers? Are we sitting down with them and sort of getting to know them as, as people? And she highly recommended that people do that. And from the conversations I've had, I, I highly recommend it as well, because I think they're some of the most wonderful people you'll ever hope to meet. Um, but their life experience and their professional experience can make all the difference. So in terms of property, Mark, how... Uh, and, and being more sort of in the supplier camp than the agent camp, the other candidates are obviously clearly in the in the agent camp. Um, is there a concern personally that perhaps we'll just end up voting for one of our own? Or do you think that people are ready to open their eyes and sort of see that we're actually all part of the same family? Certainly for the reaction that I've been getting recently, I think people are much more open. I mean, of course, you will go, you will naturally, you know, err towards the side of the person that, you know, represents you most, that, that, that you feel more comfortable with, that you feel that could add value. And, and you know, I, I, I want to be, you know, that person. I, you know, I'm here not because I want a title. I'm here because I actually see there's a need in the industry to have a more collaborative approach between the suppliers, between letting agents and uh, and. Um, by doing this process, by you know, putting myself forward, putting myself out there, because funny enough, on my board, and I said, someone said to me, you know, you know, you know, what don't you like? I said, well, I hate being at the forefront. You know, I'm much happier being at the background. You know, yeah. churning the wheels, as it were. 
But in order to affect change, you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to make yourself uncomfortable. You've got to put yourself in, a, in an arena that maybe you wouldn't necessarily do because, you know, I'm passionate about it. You know, we've got some great suppliers, great people, great agents. Um, and I think we've got an opportunity now to kind of bring everybody together. If you think about it, we talk about um, letting agents, um, estate agents, commercial um, we've also got auctioneers, we've got inventory suppliers, but you don't really see anything about them. But then again, you don't see anything about the actual supplier you know, network at all. You know, there's no one really representing them. There's no one actually shouting from their corner, but equally showing how we can all work together and get some benefits out of it. And we think we've got loads of changes coming. We've got repeal section 21, we've got fitness and human habitation from Wales coming in next month. Yeah. Or uh, July but you know start already started the process there's there's loads of things that not just agents got to do but suppliers are also got to help them do but how do you know who's got the skill sets how do you know if they can help you unless you like you said you sit down you talk to them find out what can they do what do they know how can that benefit each other and it doesn't mean that's a one-way street because Every time I talk to an agent, I'll learn something about legislation or I'll learn something about the industry. And equally, I can then give them my take on it and make them think about things maybe in a different way because I'm looking at it from different ways. So it gives a, a better um, way of understanding, you know, the impacts, what can happen, how you can best affect your um, uh, actual agents and how you put that forward to your, you know, your tenants, your landlords, how you deal with them because of the knowledge you've gained from, you know, talking to all these other people because we're not independent if i don't have an agent i don't have a job because i need them to give me work yep. equally they don't have me then they're not going to get a good enough report and then that could cause them problems down the line when it comes to dispute resolution yep. so it's a, you know there's there's a relationship there that we should be nurturing and um really taking advantage of because like i said those life skills that information that expertise it's so it's you know it's going wanting because it's sat there and no one's really using it so, so talking about um, expertise, um, we can't have a conversation about property mark without somebody mentioning Roper at some point, somebody mentioning mentioning the fact that regulation in some form or another is expected to be with us uh, within our lifetime. Let's mm -hmm. not give it too much of an ambitious um, timeline, but it, it is expected to be with us at some point soon. And property marks seem to sort of um, hold the position that we welcome the chance for us as an industry to almost self-regulate. Mm. They, they obviously say that because they'd like to be part of that regulation process and that makes a lot of sense in yeah. terms of the standing of the organisation and the work that they already do. But hand in hand with all of that is obviously getting agents up to a certain standard so that they 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 can hold those qualifications and there's much said online about level four and and how to achieve it now and everybody's got a slightly different approach to it what's your view of training and sort of getting to 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 these sort of new levels um I agree with, oh, I, I train clerks and agents, so I agree with that. Um, that's the best way to learn. But I think there needs to be a mixture of not just book learning, but actually putting it into practice, you know, because it's like with inventory clerks, when you're doing training with them, 
you can give them the actual idea, the understanding, the structure, but it's putting it into practice. That's what matters because you're going into the property, you know, you're navigating, you're trying to figure out what you're seeing, trying to risk assess and deal with all that. So I think the Roper idea is really good. I wasn't happy about the fact that as inventory professionals, we weren't really included unless we were a Saturday person, we weren't working for the agent, then we were included, which seemed a bit daft to me, but I thought, yeah. well, you know, we need to start somewhere. Let's start somewhere and let's see where it goes there afterwards. But I think with um, the way this we are at the moment, we've got Roper. We don't really need, in a way, Roper to be enforced on us. We can take that and run with it and start the training as it's already happening with Property Mark and other providers um, that so that we can learn and understand and put it into practice. But I think the key thing for me is, is you know, you've got these books, you've got these stacks, you've got these legislation, great, lovely, but how do you put them into practice? What does it mean on the ground? I can I can remember getting standards and prison service instructions, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and so on and so forth. Well, great, lovely, but how do I actually do it? How do I put it into effect? How does it actually relate in the real world? And that's the kind of, like, in a way, the bit of the disconnect, because you might be able to tell me how to wire plug but if you can't physically do it what's the point you know because yeah. i still need the plug wired and it's that kind of kind of, of um, example that you need when it comes to agents and suppliers you know knowing the legislation understanding the process but then working out well how do we actually how, how to apply it, it? I, I think that's actually part of the learning process is that if you're leaving out the the actual hands-on doing side of a process it's like teaching somebody to drive a car purely on the theoretical um, end of it so yes in theory I will know what it's like to when I approach a roundabout where I have to be indicating but until you actually sat there with the pressures of all the traffic going around and you've practiced it a few times you don't know how you're going to respond and it needs to get to the point where actually it becomes almost second nature because you're employing it in your day-to-day job so to sit there with a sort of a stack of these books and to, which I, I again, I, we've discussed this. I sometimes find that very daunting and I don't think it's particularly, uh, if our job as, as Arla property mark representatives is to say, come on guys, get on board, learn as much as you can. Learning doesn't necessarily need to be a, a taxing process. It can also be fun, but if you're employing it in your, day-to-day job how much better can it can it get really it's practice made perfect it does exactly and I have this conversation every time I train you know we 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 have a set process we have things that we've got to cover we've got to things that we've got to talk about legislation wise but then it's it's the actual practical application and often the conversations will be about but how do I do this I said well this is you know one way of doing it this is another way getting to think about what it is that they're doing why they're doing it and that's the key thing a lot of the stuff certainly on our side of things from the supplier point of view is well I've got to do a b and c but then a b and c is not actually explained as to why do I have to do a b and c would D not be better? Would that not make more sense? You know, or and if, if it doesn't, why doesn't it make more sense? So I think you need structure, definitely without a doubt. If we didn't have structure, we'd be all over the place and running around, not knowing what happens and, you know, day's gone and you haven't achieved anything. So you need that structure, you need that learning and you need that book learning because it says it gives you the ability to understand A to B to C, this is legislation, this is going to happen in section 21, section eight, this is what happens with fitness for human habitation, your carbon monoxide alarms and smoke alarm legislation changing, you need that so people understand it. And then it's in the case of, well, when do I need to do it? How do I need to do it? Why do I need to do it? 
and then who's going to do it for me and then you then look to your supplier network and go okay well who knows what who's the best person and often that best person is the person that has gone and done all that learning already but you just didn't know about it until you talk to them which is why you then need to have that conversation like you said earlier sit down you know meet them you know say hi you know yeah. I'm Sean this is me you know what would you like to know and have a general conversation and I did it all the way through the tenant feedback often I was having corporate clients saying can I do this can I do that and I went, actually no you can't because legislation states and I would have thought that they would be better prepared because they are from a you know a big organization I would have thought you know that information would come down and it did but the application of the didn't necessarily come through at the same time and that's what yeah. they were lacking so I was able to put it into context and if you look at your suppliers nine times out of ten they can do that for you but you just need to ask you need to talk to them and that's great so if we were to look at um say sort of Arla and NAEA as it was back in those days before it was called Property Mark um and maybe even we don't need to go back that far in history we can go sort of go back sort of 10 years it mm. was a, an industry that was uh, it was an industry champion if you like that wasn't necessarily uh, as modern or as fit for purpose in those days as it perhaps is today yeah. um it felt like we we sort of lost touch with people because we were we, we'd put ourselves on a pedestal these professional um qualifications that we we perhaps had maybe we assumed they had too much significance to the public um, and we weren't doing enough to demonstrate truly what the value is mm. um, there is a sense though very much that that is changing um, and I'm, I'm guessing and you can tell us if that's true that you might not have necessarily put yourself forward or even been considered to be honest for this position sort of 10 or 15 years ago but now it kind of feels like the right time because there are things that are changing within the organization. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, certainly since I joined and I've been a member for about, yeah, for about 10 years now. Um, certainly when I first joined, it was more of a case of a logo to so recognize that I was a part of an organization of something that did something that's meant something. And, and that's as bad as broad as it would get, you know, that's as detailed as it would get. Whereas in the last few years, that is a definite change that there's more inclusion there's more going on there's more information being shared um and certainly I, I this is my second go of of doing the board I, I i sat the board once and i didn't get through um i didn't expect to but i i'm more of a case of um, well let's have the experience let's try let's see how i go and equally there's no point in complaining about something unless you're willing to kind of get your hands dirty get involved and put yourself forward you know and take yourself out of your comfort zone um but um, certainly this time around, I feel that I've got not a chance, but I'm, I'm heard that people are listening to me, that I'm actually being considered because I actually got something to say as opposed to anything else. And I think certainly looking at the way the uh, Property Mark Board have, you know, they developed their strategy, they've developed their vision. It's very people centric, very membership centric. They're understanding that the members need to feel that they've got an organization behind them that's got their back, that's there for them, that will help them. Um, I don't necessarily feel that I get that on my side of the organization, but I, again, I'm hoping that even just by being part of this process, being heard, that people will start to even think about suppliers in a different way and be more inclusive and start to, to utilize that knowledge base. 
got to, got to be part of that conversation to make exactly. it even to make, to even put it on the agenda and, and get people to sort of uh, listen to it. I think it's immensely important. I think we've got as you know as much to learn from each other on both sides of that industry. And I think you guys also need the structure and support that we as agents need. Absolutely. Uh, uniform standards, you know, inventories, my word, if you would have seen, I, I've got somewhere, one day when we sit down, I'll show you a rogues gallery of inventories I've collected over the years, but that, you know, you'd be surprised at what kind of passes for an inventory, uh, a full inventory in some agencies and, and what passes in, in others. And I think there are completely different standards mm. and let let's face it, it doesn't matter who your deposit's with, their, their processes are mostly similar. They're judging things on a very similar scale. It would make sense for us to have some sort of universal um, version or, or, or standard that we can hold you know, inventories to and we can make sure that they're fit for purpose, really. Um, there's no point in it. First of all, there's no point in not having one. You need to have one. You're not, you don't stand a chance of any kind of adjudication afterwards if you don't have one. But secondly, it needs to be decent because you can't, you know, I've I've seen stuff which is 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 ridiculous. So I, I think it's so important. It is, it is. And the thing is, and it's an age-old kind of conversation piece in regards to the whole who whose deposit is, i.e. the tenants. And that's hard-earned money. This isn't just a figure, it's a sum that sits in someone's account that is just, you know, doesn't mean anything to, to anybody. You know, tenants, just, you know, by the mere fact of, you know, going into rental accommodation, it's expensive to do. That money that they are putting towards that deposit is, um, you know, something that they've had to save up for, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a considered purchase. This isn't a throwaway amount that they can just do, walk away from and never worry about. It's important to them. So therefore it has to be protected. And that's why we've got the protection schemes. That's why we've got the deposit schemes. That's why they have the adjudicators, they have the processes. But for me, there's a disconnect in regards to the guidance, like you said, the standards, you know, what we yeah. should be seeing each, every single report, regardless. For me, it's health and safety. It's about the, you know, the key information, about the meter information, about the manuals and stuff like that, that helps the tenant manage the property, look after it, use the appliances, use them properly, use them safely more than anything else. Um, so, you know, that whole structure, to me, needs to be standardised. It's something we're doing, you know, as part of my role as a, with inventory base. Um, but it needs to be a, a, a global thing, a UK-wide thing that, that everybody has, you know, the same kind of information, certainly from the point of view of safety, so that, again, that tenant is, is protected. And then, of course, then there afterwards, the deposit is protected. Um, because at and the then, end of the day, I'm, it's got I'm to come back. Say, yeah, but also customer experience comes into that. As a Seriously. tenant or as a landlord... If I, I mean, if I rent five properties right now and I take them from five different agents on the same street, I could have an entirely different process or an entirely different experience with each one of them. Yep. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it's not, but it's true. And I, I've been on both sides of, of, the, of that particular uh, conversation in regards to being both a landlord, um, a tenant, um, a homeowner, um, uh, you know, so I understand it from all different angles. And the thing is, it's a, that relationship 
is important because it's the trust that you bring, you get that you get the good PR out that trust because people review you they say how great you are if you're bad everybody knows about it but unfortunately when you're good not many people do you know so there's an imbalance there um but you know we need to look at it as more of a you know a relationship as opposed to you know your landlord your tenant tenancy isn't a subclass the people yeah. the families you know that they well, well that's very interesting because you know that was my going to be my next question to you we you know sometimes when we talk about property mark and and legislation and what a what the logo stands for and, and whether people can rely on that mm. we always talk about what it means to the landlord uh, we always talk about that the landlord can come along, they can take one glance of that Arla logo and they can just tell that this agent knows their stuff, um, is professional and runs their business ethically according to a, a set of standards and they can expect, you would assume, the gold standard of service as well at the same time. Um, now let's take that as a given. I wish it was, but let's just take that as a given how important do you think it should be to a tenant therefore to come along and actually rent a property from an ala property mark qualified agent should there be should that make a difference to a tenant yeah it, it should be equal it should be it should be just as important as is it to landlord as it is to the tenant um the tenant will want to know that so that person will represent them and look after them keep them safe keep their deposit safe you know act in a professional manner uh, manner which you know the agents your other property mark agents um do but you have that confidence instilled it but equally also it's about all the other services and processes that underpin that as well it's not just the agent that person that sat on that desk that you meet that signs the asts gives you your paperwork you know takes you through tenant referencing it's every part of that process could because if that bit of the process isn't correct and gold standard and to the best of that it can be, then that reflects on the agents. Uh, so, you know, you need it to, everybody basically to be paying their part, being just as knowledgeable, being just as um, customer centric, you know, trying to get to that gold standard all the way through that tenancy process, um, literally from the point when they walk through the door to the point they hand back the keys and even a little bit afterwards with deposit disputes. Um, so to me, you know, that that should be an expectation that everybody there is exactly the same, whether you're yeah. a landlord or whether you're a tenant. It shouldn't make any difference at all. So we've spoken about why property mark perhaps is important for an agent. We've now we've also covered the fact that it should be equally as important for suppliers. We've looked at that it's important to landlords and to tenants, and that's all great. And the next level is is property mark or should property mark be something that government truly cares about and when i say truly cares about government makes a lot of housing decisions i mean we, we we're going through housing ministers at a rate of knots these days we seem to have a new one every month but um in terms of housing policy and the changes to legislation that are brought in particularly seems to come down into the letting sector and the kind of just where you sit if you like in terms of where all the fun is um but it, it is you know some people feel that some of the decisions made by government have been unkind to the sector they've been unkind to landlords in particular we've not we've not been a 
a pleasant and welcoming uh, business environment for landlords because costs and, and, and so on. But what we also know in that whole conversation that the press is having, and sometimes we lose track of that particular thread. And to me, it's that the private rented sector is going to have to take up the slack in terms of the public side rented sector, the stuff that's not being built, the council houses that aren't available. And the fact that as a population, we're growing, we're not certainly not shrinking. And we all need somewhere to live. We all need safe and habitable homes. We're all entitled to that as a basic entitlement. But God, if the story of the last two years isn't the fact that supply and demand, I mean, I could currently rent a tent in my garden. It doesn't necessarily mean that that is fit for purpose for every tenant, but I would have them queuing up because there's nothing else out there. And sometimes I feel that from an agent's point of view, government aren't hearing that message. They don't understand that we're perhaps the heroes waiting in the wings to really save them. We need their backing rather than them trying to rein us in the whole time and tie our hands. So uh, to me, if I could if I could invent the perfect superhero for the property industry, yes, it might be property man or woman who flies in and whispers gently in the ear of those in the seat of power in, in Parliament to say, come on, guys, get your act together, get with it. We're more important to you than you actually think. Where are you on that whole discussion and how important do you think it is to government? Well, it's extremely important. I mean, I, 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 I can go back to some of my, my previous role where, you know, one of the stakeholders, you know, talking to government about legislation in regards to, you know, prisons, prisoner offending behaviour and also, you know, the overall management and safety of. And I mean, at the end of the day, the government need to be looking at organisations like Property Mark because they have the expertise, they have that understanding. You know, the agents, the suppliers, we're all doing that job day in, day out. We know we're at the cold face. We're talking to people. We're understanding their pain points. We're understanding their worries. And that all needs to be fed up to government because at the end of the day, government, just purely because of you know, the size it is, what they've got to do, the complexities of what they've got to manage on a you know, UK-wide and world basis, you know, they can't do that on their own. They can't have one person sat at a desk making all these policies, not understanding it. Because I know I've seen that happen, you know, in real time where policy has been made and it has no resemblance at all to what it's like actually Practice, at the point yeah. where it needs to be implemented. It's, it, you know, it's pointless. And so they need to listen to Property Mark. They need to listen to the likes of Timothy Douglas um, to understand exactly what's going on in the industry, where the pain points are, what's happening, in, like you said, in regards to the stock levels, the fact that we've got so many people on the, the ladder of, of housing and we're all stuck. You know, there's no property go to, there's no property coming available because no one's buying it or everyone's exiting the industry because of the some of the policies that the government has placed on landlords, which then affect agents in regards to how they manage their properties and, you know, all the restrictions that they're now putting on them. Don't get me wrong, there's been a lot of good reasons as to why they've done that. And I understand it because of the safety element and also because of the way, you know, some um, property uh, management and agents have, have, have worked. But they seem to concentrate on the very, very small minority, minority that are not doing yeah. a great job and ignoring everybody that's doing a bloody brilliant job. 
Um, and there's, you know, we're talking 99.9% of, of the of the private rented sector are doing a fabulous job, but they just seem to focus on the ones that are, are rogue. And I understand that because I've seen some of the conditions in my actual, you know, in my own experience, I've walked into properties that I've seen how tents have been made to live because a landlord hasn't looked after the property because in, in one case, an agent hadn't managed it properly. Lucky enough, that agent is no longer in business. And that's great because, you know, that's another area that's been cut off. But certainly from a government point of view, they need to listen to Property Mark, to the industry experts, the people that are doing this job day in and day out, because they understand it. And they've got workarounds, they've got ideas, they've got experience where they can say, if you did this, this is what will happen. But if you do this differently, this is what, you know, a good positive result that could be had out there. And you only get that by experience and you get that by listening to people. And I think in some respects, the government do listen. And, and I know Property Mark are lobbying constantly and it's starting to kind of come through. But Equally, there's huge amount of more work to be done. And I think the fact that rope has been pushed back so far, despite the fact everyone going, yeah, we need this, we need to sort this out. And in a way, yeah. the industry is saying, great, lovely, we'll do all this because we want to prove that we are the experts, we are um, caring, we are the uh, people who are making a positive difference. And if you, you know, if it takes us doing these qualifications to prove that to you, then we'll do that. That's absolutely fine. You know, we'll jump over that or through that hoop. Um, but then that's then been pushed to one side. So I think that's where we need to kind of get a grip of that side of things and say, well, okay, fine. If you're not going to do it, we'll just do it on our own. We'll get it sorted and we'll prove to you that we can do that whilst we're actually managing all the issues that are kind of coming up through the, um, yep. you know, through the rental sector. And in many ways, that's the story of what we do as agents. We, we sort of got our heads down, got on with it. We have to do it anyway. It's, it's, it's what the public want in terms of better standard of housing, but it also it makes our life easier. A better standard of housing is easier to manage. It is easier. A landlord that understands their obligations, not just in the true sense of you must do this because the, that's what the legislation is, but actually wants to provide good quality housing that is you know, we could talk about affordable housing as well. That's that's a ma another major issue. But you, you touched on something there. The most unlikely pinup boy ever. Uh, but Timothy Douglas, if your yeah. if your thing is is legislation, oh my word, um, he turns a lot of heads in uh, property mark. But there are, but there is that very rich resource, isn't there, when it comes to legislation, when you're dealing with with a, a property mark um, member. Um, you can get, you know, you can rest assured that really they, they know their onions when it comes to legislation and, and it's much harder. It, it's not it's not a 10 point list of stuff you can just tick through. There are no. nuances, aren't there? Yeah, exactly. And again, it comes down to interpretation. They like said you can have, you know, all these um, legislation and, and edicts and everything in bullet pointed and A, B and C and so on and so forth. But how do you put it into real terms? And, you know, I, I've, I've met Timothy and I've spoken to Timothy quite a few occasions. Um, you know, and he's brilliant what he does because he puts it into plain speak. He understands how what, what's been saying effectively in legislation, government saying one thing, but then he's understandable. Well, how can we put it into practice? How can we actually showcase that to the membership, the organisation and get that working? Because that's that's it, at the end of the day is what we need is 
isn't it, is to be able to take that information and put it into practice and get it working for the right reasons in the right way. Um, and, you know, Timothy is, you know, is a brilliant person, but there's, if you only have to look at um, Property Mark, you only have to go up to their offices at Warwick and understand exactly, you know, we're not talking just one person, we're talking a whole organisation, there's a whole, yeah. yeah, there's a whole infrastructure behind that, headed by the board, by Nathan and all the other board members. Um, and that's in a way one of the reasons why I applied for this particular role again, because I can see the changes, I can see the vision, I can see the four pillars of where they want to see all of that change come to fruition and how they're going to do it. And obviously, it's a work in progress. No one can actually give you a, a finite kind of list of we're going to do A, B and C and then we're done. It's, you know, it's a constant reiteration, a constant changing um, landscape, but it's got the right people at the helm that I, from my point of view, that I can see the change. And certainly from when I started 10 years ago as a, an Isle of Property Mark member, I wouldn't recommend them at that time. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't. And people would ask me and I said, well, I can't because I just don't feel that way myself. I don't feel that I can because I don't feel that they're representing me. But in the last year or two, um, um, I felt that change and I feel a bit more represented. Uh, there's a huge amount of body of work to be done, certainly from the supplier side. You know, they're doing really great work with the agents, with um, the uh, commercial, with the auctioneers. Supplies hopefully will come next. And um, it, it, you know, it's positive and it's nice to see that. And finally, I feel able to say to people, no, actually, look, I think you need to look at this. You need to look at what's coming out from property mark look at the standards look how they're you know helping people and supporting people and i think there's there's room there for us to be more involved and one of the reasons i really uh, like about it is the fact that they've done the regional representatives that you know now starting to actually go somewhere and see yeah. someone speak to them yeah. and find out what's going on it's not just someone in front of a webinar or front of a stage going duh, 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 proper active it. support that you can dip in and out of um... yeah, and learn from yeah, and and you know what, I one regional rep um, who I was talking to shared a bit of feedback that they'd had from other from members that had come about the difference that their relationship with the regional rep actually makes to them in in practice. And we don't talk about it enough in our industry, but we sometimes it can be a very lonely place. Um, you are up against it, and you sometimes feel like there's nobody else out there that understands. What, you, what you're going through. Um, but I think that Property Mark in that way, and particularly around the regional reps and the support that they offer their members locally, you've got somebody that kind of understands because they've been there before, they know what you're going through. And it's tremendous. And I've seen firsthand from the feedback that, that was mm. taken, the, the, the sort of huge difference. And it, in, in the, all it can sometimes be is a bit of, positive encouragement a bit of advice or somebody just saying listen we've all been there tomorrow's a new day wake up try it again just don't give up because of one one run-in that you've had or whatever it may be so it yeah. can, can make all the difference it does it does and just just having someone to use as a springboard like you said that listening in I, I think I do on my side of things in regards to what I do with training with the inventory base with the customers and just in general clerks right across the UK regardless of whether they use inventory based software or not it doesn't make any difference because I know what it feels like to be at that door to be in that property having to manage the relationship between the agent the landlord and the tenant um, having to understand what legislation is coming through how it impacts um, and like you said the day-to-day -day stuff when you come across something that maybe is not pleasant or you've had a really bad day you know things haven't gone right 
you need someone to talk to, and like you said, to, to be able to understand that. And I think, you know, that's certainly something the regional reps are, are doing for agents, and hopefully, you know, that will then start to filter down, you know, towards, you know, certainly the inventory side of uh, uh, our property market, also this wider supplier industry. And from what I understand, you know, there are people, you know, from the supply side now starting to attend those regional meetings, which yeah. is great, but obviously they need more. <clears throat> They need something during that regional meeting that will matter to them that where they can learn as well as not just what the, the agents are learning, but something that's you know more centered around what their needs are and how they can um, progress in their own part of the industry and how that then feeds back into the sector, because that's what it's all about. You know, what we learn, we can feed in and we then we learn, learn back from agents yeah. as well. Yeah, I think it's so important. So, Sean, thank you so much for giving your time. Thank I think you. I've, I've held you for long enough, but um the votes are now open uh, so people people can cast their vote even as we speak um, but they're only open 16th. for a short while longer when it when is it on till 16th of june i believe is, is the last date um i think it might be 12 o'clock midnight i'm not 100 percent sure but no it's the 16th but yeah 16th of june so the very best of, of luck to you it's Thank great you. to have that fresh um perspective and a candidate that offers perhaps a true um difference to to some of the others out there you're all great um, you're all flying that the, the same flag and pushing for the same standards. But to me, it's truly refreshing that maybe we've got a, a different perspective there and your background and your experience is, is, is key to that, um, particularly as it's so lettings focused. Um, your, your career has been sort of very almost narrowly focused on one particular sector um which is which is superb because i think you get to sort of build that as an expertise so um it, it's great to hear that thank you no it's, it definitely has given me a more rounded experience and then like i said i'm learning every day i don't know everything um i'm talking to agents every day clerks every day estate agents you know right away across the board and i'm looking what's going on and that's what i always say to everybody that comes into this industry be it from my side or from the agents you know, look at the industry as a whole, learn, you know, get involved as much as you possibly can. Don't just look in your particular part of the sector, look at everybody else is doing, because it's amazing how much information, expertise is out there that you could take a little bit of, or actually will dovetail really nicely into what you're doing that you hadn't thought about. So you need to, you know, literally, you know, widen your gaze, widen your information sources and really start talk to everybody. And that's saying, I hope, you know, certainly as we go forward with Property Mark, you know, part of their vision, their strategies, that will become more inclusive and everybody starts to work together for the one key aim, raising standards, raising safety, making sure that the PR, the private rental sector, it, you know, it is fit for purpose. Superb. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Thank, thank you for your uh, inspiration and best of luck with it all. Um, let really us coming. know how you get on. We'll, we'll check in with you again later on. Thank Lovely. you. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.